Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm delighted. I've been la-di-da-din. Not a lot of thoughts when I ponder from the top. Man, these boys, they be podding. I trust them like a lot. And they told me that I get it. Guess what? I got it. You should do it too. You will never lose. If you ever do, must have been a ruse. Ricky, that's my dude. Stoops are super cool. Sharks up in the pool. I've been sparking up my tools. I've been looking to win. Spend a little again. I've been for spittle to them. My God, I riddled again. I told them stop clowning around. They said what goes up comes down. I said I'm down with the sickness. My team stay ill now. Come get this. I'm just so dead with delight. I stay ready tonight. Deep dive, we rise. That's the medley, alright. The David delight. The David delight. Da 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 David delight. Hey. Second. Okay. What is going on, everybody? We are live um, with a special oh. guest today. Hold on, sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, I got up like great. Okay. She's, re- she's rearranging her furniture on the air right now. Don't worry about guys. Um, no, I'm kidding. But uh, Emily Van Perk. Um, oh, God, I just you got it right off. The- you got it. You got it correct before we started oh, live. No, okay. you butchered it. It's okay. Buskirk is with us live right now. How are you today? I'm actually doing really well. Um, it was my first day outside, like in the world um, since all the draft stuff I published, I was literally like in a hole. So I got to go outside, see the ocean and take a little walk. So today's a good day. Oh, how are you today, Stoops? Well, not that good. I did go outside, <laughs> but it was raining. So oh. I didn't, didn't, I'm not doing as well as you, but other than that, staying in, doing my normal, watching some Frasier, getting caught up on some shows and just hanging out, getting ready for, for what we're doing tonight, getting ready for tomorrow. Just excited for the whole week. Really? Yeah. yeah, it's an exciting week. I mean, as a collective whole, I mean, the draft is right here. It's kind of like Christmas. I mean, obviously, like you said, you you write college football. So, you know, the thing that's different this year for me, this is my first year kind of covering these college guys. So, like, mm-hmm. I feel like this is like months and months of months of work that has gone into this. And we're finally here, per se. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. I'm, I'm at the same time, I'm ready to talk about the guys next year. Like we've already started talking about the 2021 guys as, as, as a collective whole on our podcast, but like, do you ever get to the point where you're like, I'm kind of tired talking about this particular class. I'm ready to kind of move on. No, because if you look at not at all, they're all, I literally ended my podcast last night by saying this because I had nine guys come on this week, which is like way more than I anticipate. You always think some are going to say no, like mm-hmm. they don't have time or whatever, but Everyone was so great. And um, and I told they're all like my children. Like I fall, you know, I travel to so many different places throughout the college football career that I get to know I it's a never-ending cycle of learning about a new player and a new school and a new coach. So um it's a deep, dark rabbit hole. Well, dark is not right, but it's a very deep hole and I could go down it forever and it never gets old. Um, I love these kids and I'm sad to see them go. It's like they're my kids, you know. 
That makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Is there any guy in particular that you've grown fond of that maybe you didn't know a whole lot of before the season started? That's like an impossible, like name a region of the of the country and I will, I'll, or a conference, South, I'll name you a South, kid. Southeast. There we go. I just thought of something. Up <laughs> um, I got really close to a couple. We'll see, but this, I got close to a couple guys at LSU. Um, One of them was on the podcast and he's a long snapper, which at first blush, you're like, Okay, but I love special teams, guys. I'm a huge kicker, punter, long snapper um, girl. And so he came on my podcast. We talked for like 30 minutes, and his brother is the long snapper for the Buffalo Bills. So oh. we talked, yeah, it's so neat. Blake, uh, Blake Ferguson, and his brother's name is Reed. And so he's been training with his brother, and um, it'd be really cool because they both were long snappers at LSU, and they took over, like, Reed went there first, and then Blake took over after him. So they're going to have this kind of, like, dynasty of long snapping if he makes it in the NFL and plays. That's 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 actually pretty awesome. <laughs> when when we were down in Mobile, I'm trying to remember the punter's name off the top of my head right now. I can't even oh. think of it. It's the it, South wasn't, it wasn't Braden Mann because that's my favorite guy. That's okay. my favorite punter. But, no, it was, it was the other guy. I don't remember. I think it was a guy from South Carolina, but like my, my, I, I tweeted a punt of him punting and he punted like 80 yards. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was just like impressed with it. It's like the, mo the most, mm -hmm. viewed, the most liked, most retweeted tweet of my entire, I was like, this might be, yeah. you know what I mean, people love a good punter and they a good kicker. They do. And it's so valuable. Um, you get a good dose of it in the PAC 12. Honestly, the more PAC 12 you watch, you'll see how valuable kickers are because field goals are, a big thing there. And um, Utah has always had kind of a monopoly on kicking punting. And, you know, Mitch, um, I can't even say his name, Wiskowski or whatever it is. Um, he's with the Niners and he was a big pickup for them in last year's draft. And he's, he, they're like funny, unique guys. He's, he's um, Australian. He's hilarious. And um, people love special teams guys. They do. I don't know. What is the pack? What is that that he's talking? We never get to see that over on. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. We, started, we started talking about the Pac-12. Uh, we did a couple of player profiles uh, as a collective whole for next year. Mm -hmm. And when we did, it's so hard to find highlights or mm -hmm. any footage at all on any. Okay. Of the okay. It can't, it can't <laughs> that hard. Pac-12 has its own network. Well, it does. But when you're trying to do some research about some guys after the season and you're trying to you're trying to hone in on some of these guys, it's kind of hard to find without finding small highlight reels per se that you can find on there. But yeah, I mean it, well, let me know, I'll send you film because I was damn near at every Pac twelve game you could think of and am the biggest proponent mm -hmm. of the conference. I got in a fight with um David Pollock at the college football awards this year, we full on had an hour fight during the show and people were like gathered around watching. Cause it was like crazy about how I think the PAC 12 top to bottom is the best conference in college football. Now that doesn't go over very well with a lot of people, but we don't have a Vanderbilt, you know, they don't have a, an Arkansas. Sure. They don't have teams like that where you can just beat up on them. Oregon State still had four wins in the conference. You know, they're a tough team to beat, especially in Corvallis. So anything you need, I got you. Well, I appreciate that, A. And I, I totally agree. Everybody just thinks like, oh, my God, Alabama. And it's like Alabama. Now, you have to understand, I live in, I live in Nashville. Okay. Okay. So all I hear, I'm from Pennsylvania, but all I hear about down in Nashville is SEC. This is SEC country. And – it's annoying. You know what I mean? It's, it yeah. is. 
and I understand people are the reason, like people can't go back like 25 years and be like, what was the SEC? Was that even a, a program back 25 years ago? Yeah. Nowadays it is something, but like people forget the Vander, like the, the Pac-12, they beat up on each other. You know what I mean? They yeah. do. Like year in, year out, these mm -hmm. guys beat up each other. And if you look at Alabama's schedule from like last year, we were talking about Tua. I'm not a huge, huge Tua guy, but like they have like six or seven cupcake games every year and yeah. it's like it kind of blows my mind how often they are just not playing anybody what, like, what are your thoughts on on van like okay Derek mason was a stanford guy so i know him and i was actually on the plane with him when he flew to vandy from stanford like i was on that plane um and i was like there's no way this is this is it are people in nashville just like no, they're vi okay. So Vanderbilt, obviously, as a like nobody goes to the Vanderbilt games. Like, yeah, <laughs> if, they play, if they play Kentucky, the stadium is filled with eighty five percent of Kentucky fans. Right, it doesn't matter who they're playing. Ninety five percent of the time, people will travel to Vanderbilt because it's a nice area. People like the party yeah. in Nashville. You know, it's right down the street from downtown Broadway and stuff like that. So th the hiring is interesting. I just it. I don't think it meshes with their culture. You know what I mean? They're not a football yeah. program, and they're never going to be a football program yeah. ever. If they go one in nine and they beat UT, the, the Vanderbilt will be happy. That's it. Like they don't even <laughs> have to go to a bowl game. That's just how it is. Well, what were your thoughts on? Um, I'm sorry, I'm like interviewing you now, but what were your thoughts? Drew <laughs> uh, is a good good friend of mine, and I actually was at Valpo. Um, when he was going to leave, you know, like people are like, okay, where's Bryce going to go? And I was trying to push him to Stanford because I think he would have been a heck of a lot better than Jared Haas, but he went to Vandy and obviously that flamed, like it was like hard to watch, but he's a great coach. So what did, what did you guys think of that being like native to it? Uh, for me, I thought it was interesting. It, it's yeah. it the, the job itself. I really feel like they need to, hone in on an alumni right yeah they just need to i mean yeah. go get go get uh go get jordan rogers off the bachelor and just let him be head coach you know what i mean <laughs> something that they just nice. <laughs> but they just try to throw somebody in the loop and it's just like it never the culture never works out obviously franklin being the only guy that really kind of you know he prospered out of here and he did it in a fast manner mm -hmm. When he was here, but outside of that, it's 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 weird because like I even talking to like the players, the good ones. If you watch the team this year, they were dreadful, right? Keyshawn yeah. Vaughn got hit. Like I love Keyshawn Vaughn a lot. I think he's super talented. I think he's great. I think he's going to be a great asset, and he's just overlooked because of where he went. But like he got over a thousand yards on the ground and still did that, regardless of how absolutely terrible and how putrid that offense is this year. I just felt bad the way it all like he's such a good coach and he's a good guy but the problem is he's very religious and that's the one thing people don't realize about Valpo is like they have good basketball and actually my good friend Matt Lodick is coaching there now and it's still a struggle it's just hard to get guys in it's a very religious school um it's just it's hard to find the right culture for that but I was bummed I, and that's the like the thing for me is like it's kind of crazy like what Dabo has done with Clemson. You know what I mean? I know. He's a very, very, very religious man. Very, mm -hmm. very religious man. And that's what, when he does his recruiting, like I mean, if you look at some of the guys that you know when they either they stay or they go, 
you know, it's a very religious program. They, they, and they do a great job. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like he's not recruiting. To, obviously we're talking about Clemson versus like a football, you know, I understand that. <laughs> a little different, but. <laughs> the tad, but. Um, no, but it's true. Like they, they, I spent, so I went out there um, for their Texas A&M game, which people were like, okay, there's going to be a big game. Uh, it didn't, it wasn't, but um, I spent time and I got to tour the facility and I got to spend time around their AD and I see why people like drink the Kool-Aid. Like it's a huge, huge fun thing to be a part of. Like I was there for a couple of days and I felt like I was part of the Clemson family because that's just how they do it. And I see why kids want to go there, um, you know, and play for him. It's funny that you mentioned, hold on this way. Sorry. <laughs> in Texas A&M, Stoops is actually in Texas. Oh. Uh, he's a Texas A&M kid guy, so oh, he loves, loves exactly me too. But well, uh, that was supposed to be like a big game, right? And then you know what? I'll tell you this: Kellen was, Mond is what he went. Yeah. Kellen Mond is the problem. Yeah, but it was 112 that day. It was oh. like a 3 p.m. kickoff. It was like the hottest I've ever been in my entire life. They have an open air press box that's outside. Oh God! It was unreal, and so I was like, these poor guys. At least, I mean, Texas. I guess you're supposed to be used to that, but. It's so I tell everyone the heat here, it's it's different. Like yeah. it's still hot, right? Hot is hot. It doesn't right. make a difference. But it's but like dry it, there, right? Yeah. So yeah. the hot is just different. So yeah. you're used to it to a certain point. It, 112 is 112. Like, I don't I don't care who you are. I, I know where you're from. <laughs> they looked like they had been hit, you know, yeah. over the head with something. It was it was rough, but but Dabo, you want Dabo in a good mood for the post game. And I had to ask him a question about his DJ because I was doing a series on stadium DJs and DJ Shea's kind of famous now. And I was like, thank God he's in a good mood because most guys don't want to talk about mm -hmm. shenanigans like that. Um, but he loved it. When you get Dabo in a good mood, it's like perfect. Yeah. He seems like a good, he seems like a good character. You know what I mean? Like, he, you know, super duper religious guy, but at the same time, he's like a Belichick. He's a, like yeah. a low key, super duper fun you know what i mean well, he would he'd be like um you know when they do those state farm or the commercials where they're like this is the other chris ball like he's like the other belt like, <laughs> like the Belichick. you know what i mean like he like they're the same but they're not at all the same but they are um when i was at the draft last year the first it was actually tonight i was wandering around broadway with my friend and we ran into Dabo and his wife and we stopped and talked with them took a picture and like chatted and then right after i saw him his you know, they were like kind of exploring whatever. I ran into Jim Mora and he was having a hell of a time. Like, <laughs> I was literally like, this is Jim Mora living his best life ever. And it was great. You were a good head coach. You made a lot of money. Yeah. Why not? Right. You know, yeah. why not get out there? He said he was coming back and his girlfriend who he was with. Well, I don't know. Cause I think he got divorced. It wasn't his wife because he's been divorced and I think it's his new girlfriend or whatever, but she, she was kind of she'd been drinking i think they both had and she was like i was talking about his office at ucla because he gave he gave me a tour once and he has this yoda that he always has in all his offices it's like his thing and i was mentioning that and she goes oh well yoda's getting you know he's ready to be unpacked in a new office soon i was like oh coaches see okay and and you got to watch out for those girlfriends when they've been drinking man like right they just tell the whole like some news. <laughs> Break some real news, yeah. So, um, okay, so we were playing. We had a, f a fun little idea to play a game. We put yeah. like love and hate. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean you actually hate the guy. You just don't like the idea of maybe where he's being drafted or uh, stuff like that. So let's let's kick it off with a wide receiver position. Give me somebody that you like in this class. 
That's a good question. Okay, so I like uh, T. Higgins. Obviously, yes. Stoops. <laughs> I, lo I love T. Higgins. I okay. love he, he's he's my uh, he's my wide receiver three. I believe is where I had the rankings up here somewhere. But I love T. Higgins. Um, so backtrack. You brought up the Clemson A and M thing, right? So obviously, yeah. I'm a diehard A and M fan, but I'm a open-minded enough fan i guess mm -hmm. to respect other players programs whatever whatever so i look at it as a whole but i love t higgins um he's definitely someone that i've followed pretty close um i'm a, I'm a big fan of that one for me i chose denzel mims that's what um, i went with i love denzel well let me rephrase he's not my love i like denzel <laughs> mims oh was i supposed to do it like that where i say like like love whatever no no just one no. at a time just one at a time okay one at a time. I've got to remember who I wrote down. I don't even was remember. This, was this the like one or the love one? It was the like one. I That's okay. why I said, well, I don't okay, love him. Okay, I liked him. Yeah. Yeah. I like T. Higgins. That's the, okay, yeah. I got you. My like is Jerry Judy. The only okay. reason I like is because I love somebody a lot more than him. Um, okay. <laughs> this just got interesting. Sorry, uh, Jerry. <laughs> but um, I've seen a lot of the smoke and mirrors right now around his knee, which is kind of funny. I think it's just, it's exactly that. Somebody's trying to get him lower in the draft. Um, you know, it's that time of the year for the perfect rumors. You know what I mean? Joe Burrow's getting traded to, you know, Tennessee, whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever anybody can kook up and throw up on Twitter right now, they're going to do that. But I love Jerry Judy. I think he's a phenomenal talent. I think he's the best receiver in this class, hands down. Um, give me somebody that you hate at the wide receiver position. Ooh hate it could be somebody that you think might be drafted too high it could be somebody that you just don't think that's going to transition well i can i'm gonna go last somebody go before me because i don't know about one i'm gonna go with um i got kj hamler and it's more so from what i saw on film uh they always talk about how he's a speed guy so um I just wasn't a fan of what I saw in the film. He had some decent stats, but overall I just wasn't a huge fan of what I saw on film um, consistently. He just didn't have necessarily, I always talk about how he could break away from this, that, and the other. And he had those, but overall um, I wasn't a fan. I mean, and also being 5'9", 176, it's, you got to go to the right situation to where they're going to use you in the right way. Um, so basically that, that's kind of my biggest thing. If he goes to the right spot, my mind could totally get changed, but I'm sticking with KJ Hamler right now. I'll give you mine. Mine's Lynn Bowden. Um, not a fan. I just, not a fan. he's a, he's just a, uh, he's a gadget guy, right? He's not a guy that I don't think is going to produce and win games every single week for you. There's a lot of guys that want to, want him to creep up in that bottom half of the second round, maybe even the third round. I think he's going to, if he gets taken that high, he's going to go in front of a lot of receivers that are really, really, really talented and can make a contribution, uh, contribute uh, day one. All right. Back to you. Okay. Well, this isn't like a hate, um, but this is more of like, I think the people are really high on him um, and I'll transition it from saying that. And then I'll give you the guy that I love. Um, LaVisca Chanel. I, I do like him as, as a wide receiver. I've seen him play a ton this year, but I do think that people have him very, very high for what his ceiling is as a receiver. Um, you know, we didn't get to see him do like the things that he did were great, but you have like, I don't, I just don't not told, but I do love another guy from the PAC 12, um, Michael Pittman jr. Now, a lot of people don't talk about him as much. He made some incredible catches on um, a pretty deep 
USC receiving mm -hmm. core um, that was impressive. And and I just had a guy from Stanford on my podcast, Casey Tuhill, and he said that USC is the best offense he faced in his career there at Stanford. Um, so that was high praise from that linebacker. But Pittman Jr., he is really good hands, and he makes these insane NFL-esque catches already. So and he's, he's body-wise, like a yep. good-looking guy. So. Pittman impressed me down in Mobile when yeah. we were down there, right? He was very impressive that week. Uh, I, you're right. The big thing that did you talk to him, like Pittman? Yeah, he's such a yeah. He's a very nice, a very, guy. very yeah. very nice guy. And and that's the thing, like, and he what you were talking about, like the make away from the body catches. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. he doesn't. He's got a guy on him. He's still making those catches. First off, he had, in my opinion, one of the best quarterbacks throwing to him last year. Oh, I forgot really? that you talk about. I forgot your packs. I love Slavis. I love mm -hmm. him. I think that he is – this is completely off topic, and I really don't care right now. But I love Slavis. I think that Slavis is the next big thing. I think after mm -hmm. Lawrence next year, I think Slavis the year after that is going to be the first quarterback off the board. I'm planting my flag on that man right now. Or, well, a couple that has a lot to do with um, Graham Harrell going going there like and be, his development of players. I mean, we saw him work with guys like Mason Fine, which his – development as a quarterback alone from when he got to North Texas to now is incredible. For sure. Yeah. I just love what I saw. I saw him make throws that freshman quarterbacks should not be making. They just, they should. Okay. Yes. So I, the Stanford USC game was a big game for that kind of behavior because Stanford had their freshman quarterback Davis Mills and, and he looked like a freshman and mm -hmm. then you had Keaton in there and he's good, but I got to see what the jump – I'm not sold yet. I got to see the jump from this year to next year. And For then, sure. You know what I mean? That's going to be the biggest – when he comes out next year, they got to play Stanford every year in, like, week two. Um, that game is always the most telling to me of, of how the USC team is going to be and how their offense is going to look. So. Yeah, Stoops cool. and I were talking about it on our show. Like, it's crazy how deep USC's weapons mm -hmm. are this year. Like their wide receivers this year is it's mm -hmm. insane. Like the running back in, they have the yeah. most talent. Like they have, they're losing guys and they're still yeah. getting guys back that are insane. It doesn't I, make any sense why they don't win as many games as they do. Like they don't I, every year. Crazy. I was talking to Mike Jinx about the 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 running back because that was like a secondary thing this year compared to the receiving. And he was like, "We're so deep, we don't even know what to do with these guys sometimes. Like they're yeah. and they're all really talented. So yeah, USC is going to be a team next year." especially with Utah crashing and burning the way they did in the Pac-12 championship game in the South, I think we're going to have a battle between USC and ASU and it's going to be really fun. Um, so we'll see. Stoops, who's your love? My yeah. love is the guy that we have talked about quite a bit on the the pod for a very long time. Antonio Gandy golden. Um, we talked about it, how when we went down to Mobile, we wanted to see what he would do against the competition there because going to Liberty – you, they don't face anybody truthfully, you know? So for, for a lot of people to be sold on him and the next level, they want to see him against the top talent. So I feel like when we're down to mobile, he checked all the boxes that we wanted to see. I love him um, he, to me. And everyone talks about how he can't create separation, right? He struggles with it. I didn't see that, um, especially down to mobile. I thought he created separation very well. And I had that one clip um, where he essentially gave the, the corner a move, got past him and made that easy catch, you know, for, for a touchdown um, on the one-on-one. -on -one. So Antonio Gandy-Golden, he's a guy that we've planted our flag on um, early, early into the, the last season, and we, we rode with that one. And, I mean, he had almost 1,400 receiving yards, 10 touchdowns. So um, I just love what I've seen on film. I love what I saw down in Mobile. And just I like his size, 6'4", 220. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's got some good size to him. So he's, he's my love. 
Yeah, he's my he's he's my little too. I, I've I've loved. Uh, yeah, we do. We we have. There's two, <laughs> there's two guys that we've planted our flags on early on in this podcast. It's it's Antonio Guinea Golden and, and Adam Troutman, and and both of those guys. Obviously, the smaller school guy, but um, Guinea Golden's good. Like it, he's one of those guys. When I was talking about Lynn Bowden, it's like if a Lynn Bowden gets drafted in front of an Antonio Guinea Golden, it, like that stuff right there, like it blows my mind. Where I've seen the range of Guinea Golden being drafted in the third round all the way to the sixth round. And I just think somebody's going to get a generational talent and they're going to steal them in this draft running back position. Give me somebody that you don't like in that running back position. Stoops. I'll let you kick it off to give Emily a yeah. second to find her. I, a guy. I did not do my homework, even though you told me to do my homework. <laughs> it's all right. No worries. No, so <laughs> the guy that I've got listed on here, um, and I preface this with it's only because of his size and it's JJ Taylor um, out of Arizona. He, I mean, he's being five, six. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like I said, looking at his stats, like he, I mean, he had 147 rush attempts, 720 rushing yards, four rushing touchdowns, 32 receptions, 289 yards. So the stats are there. Garbage. Huh? <laughs> I said in Arizona was garbage. So that's like really impressive. Yeah. So, <laughs> The numbers are there, right? He, he's got the abilities. The only person that I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, seeing someone at that size excel at the next level was like a Darren Sproles. Mm -hmm. And I think he just had the right systems that he was in. So that being said, and I've said this about other guys, if J.J. Taylor goes to a system where he can be used correctly, essentially, or a way that would benefit him, my mind might change. But what I'm looking at right now, 5'6", NFL, he's got some speed to him. But when you get to these linebackers at the NFL level, they're all running like, what, 4'4", four right? So they're all going to catch you in some fashion. Um, it, it's just his size. That, that's why I'm a little bit more down on him. I think things could change if the landing spot's a good one. But um, that's where I'm at. J.J. Taylor. Mine's Cam Akers out of FSU. That's why I'm back. Oh, well, here. I'm sorry. No, I'm gonna, all right. I'll see y'all later. Guys. No, no, no. That's a good one. No, I'll let you go. I'll let you go. It's, 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 it's you, Cam Akers, go ahead. What you got? No, if you like him too. We can, we can share it in both. Yes, I'll let it. you go first with it. I, I don't have probably as much um, in depth research as you do, but as I was going through these running backs, because obviously, um, not a not a like as strong of a running back class in my opinion as we've seen and so I wasn't really paying attention but he's one of the guys I remember um I'm seeing and his numbers especially like from when he got on campus um and his entire like the entirety of his body of work is so impressive just the sheer amount of yardage that that he gets and and he and the the chunks that he breaks off and he's so fast oh my god he's fast I agree yeah acres for me I just I'm not a fan right I, if where he's being drafted versus where I think that his talent is, I think that he is a poor version of Keyshawn Vaughn. And I, I just feel that way because I feel like all of the love that Akers gets about being this, you know, he was behind a terrible offensive line and this mm -hmm. and that. Keyshawn Vaughn was behind one of the worst offenses in the history of college football last year and still produced week in and week out. And yeah. he improved his game. He caught the balls out of the backfield. And that's exactly what I wanted to see out of Vaughn. Um, let's go ahead and kick it off with a running back that you love, Emily. I like I uh, love Eno Benjamin. Obviously, um, oh, God, yes, I love that dude. Yeah, he and he's again, um, and I, it's gonna look like I'm picking all Pac-12 people, but it's just I got to know these kids, especially Arizona State, because I was such a non-believer in um, Herm Edwards. Like I thought that was the worst move 
they could have made. I was right. like, he's not going to understand the culture. Like he's old. Arizona State's like a party school. Like he's not going to get it. And when they beat Michigan State two years ago, I was there and I sat in the post game room and I, and I heard him talking to people and how he interacts. And I was like, this dude like gets it. Like he can talk to young guys. He can talk to their families. And I've seen him kind of usher along these kids. Manny Wilkins is from um, the Bay area. He grew up and went to high school where, where I live. And um, so I followed very closely Arizona State's offense and what Eno Benjamin would do to Pac-12 defenses was criminal. I mean, he just, he's, he's so quick finding holes. He's quick at hitting him. He, he hits another level of speed once he takes off and you cannot catch him. Um, he's so smart and he's slippery and he just keeps bouncing. And I think he's going to be really valuable. He, he's, I think he needs to put on a little bit, you know, um, to, to yeah. wreck through some of those lines and that'll be a concern, but if he can, Oh my God, it's going to be fun to watch him. My favorite thing about, Eno Benjamin he was my favorite person to be around down in Mobile. He's so spunky. He's so full <laughs> so of life. Energy. He's the life of the party. He's just hilarious. And mm -hmm. that's it, once you see that and then you equate that to what you see on the football field, I, mm -hmm. I, I would agree. Stoops, who do you love, man? Who do I love? Other than me. No. <laughs> All right, if we're gonna go to love, I'm gonna. Did I'm gonna, say like? Did I, I say don't know. Like? What, I, I'm gonna. Uh, you maybe said love. Uh, I, I'm not paying attention anymore. I'm just listening to y'all talk. Um, all right, so my love, I, I went. Pretty, you could kind of get J.K. Dobbins, one of the top running backs in the class. I went with that one. J.K. Dobbins, I've he's my RB one in the class. Um, I had Jonathan Taylor. It's to me, it's this one, one or two. Like to me, right. some have him at three. You know what I mean? But overall. Put who you want up there. I think they're all going to be amazing at that top level. But J.K. Dobbins is my love. Just what I saw out of him. Um, Ohio State offense is is a loaded offense. So for him to still have over 2,000 rushing yards, 247 receiving um, yards, he did account for 90 first downs, which I think is an awesome number to see from a running back. Um, keeps the chains rolling. So definitely love seeing that. He had 22, uh, 22 plays that went for 21 yards or more. I don't have how many of them went for touchdowns. But nonetheless, he got those big gains. He got, um, even on the short yardage, he had 125 touches that went zero to three yards. So he's able to, I mean, you know, was it on a first and 10 maybe? And he only got it to, you know, second and seven. But nonetheless, he, he, he's able to gain the short yardage when is needed, gain the big yards when is needed. Um, overall, man, I'm just, I love J.K. Dobbins watching his film. Um, he, he's done it year after year. So I just, he's I a good Jake kid. Dobbins. Yeah. I'm excited. I, I think, I think the him and Swift are easily the best, you know, the easier of the two backs in this, in this draft that I think can play in all three downs and, and, and benefit somebody right off of from the, right off the back from day one, obviously landing spot, you know, we'll never know. We're not going to know exactly how much we like each one of these guys per se right. until they're drafted. You know what I mean? They could get drafted into running back purgatory. You know, J.K. Dobbins could be drafted by the Patriots tomorrow and he'll be, you know, the 98. We'll never know. <laughs> and we'll never hear from J.K. Dobbins ever again. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but obviously we're going to transition to the hot spot of the quarterback position. Um, I'm going to start off with the hate. My hate is Jalen Hurts. Um, out of Oklahoma, obviously. The thing about Jalen Hurts is this. Okay, the big game is where I see he has issues. He was terrible in that game against LSU. They pulled him in that game against Georgia, which obviously ended up Tua ended up taking that job, winning the championship, et cetera, et cetera. I have a problem with what I've seen Jalen Hurts. During the Senior Bowl week, I thought he had a really rough week that week. I don't think that he's a very accessible person. I'm not sure about his attitude. 
we've heard differentiating opinions. I've seen once it came out of the senior bowl, that is that his uh, reputation was kind of being questioned. You saw Jalen hurts on ESPN with little kids for like three straight weeks. But for me, wait, reputation being questioned. How like, so for me, like, so what we heard about Jalen Hurts was he's just not a very uh, personable person very with approachable. very approachable, not very personable, yeah. um, very We're much. Hard to get there. I found it very hard to get a hold of him. Mm-hmm. I was story about the split helmet, you know, with the organization that's a charity that he worked with at Oklahoma and his agent like blew me off multiple times. I even talked to his trainer who I know and he couldn't get me in touch with this kid. It was like impossible. And it was for, you know, an article that's like a feel good piece. So, well, that's the thing. That's what stood out too. Like whenever we went to that luncheon, right. Mm-hmm. He was nowhere. nowhere. I don't even think that he went to the luncheon. I'm going to be hundred percent honest with you. Justin Herbert sat there and, and took interview uh, questions from, 90,000 of us and was perfectly great. Even a one random guy asking for his phone number. Phone number. He was very nice about it. Uh, you can list. <laughs> I love the senior bowl. I'm, it's one of my favorite events. Nagy does an incredible job. Like amazing. I thought, but you get the weirdest group of media. Uh, and like, I say that with all the love in the world because yes. my closest friends I've met there, but it is a weird group. We are a weird group. <laughs> Yeah, we were just sitting there, and I'm like, next up to talk to Herbert, right? Yeah. Excited. This is a good one. We're going to get this one for the podcast. Herbert, top, yeah. one of the top quarterbacks in the draft. This guy's like asking very personal questions. Like, I couldn't hear, but then he goes, Well, can I get your phone number, man? And then Herbert looks at him and says, I, You know, he was very gracious. He's like, That's very personal. I don't want to give out that information here. And then Herbert bolts. You know what I mean? So then there went our interview with Herbert. Yeah. And he was getting very uncomfortable. He's getting pulled in 50 different directions. Yeah, he's not a big media guy. That's the one thing um, for impactful insight. He's not a huge, he doesn't like to do the interviews because he's not like a big attention on him kind of guy. And it's not, it's that's the only reason is he's just like, he's really quiet. He's a very like private person. Um, so I was impressed with him that week. Yeah, I mean, he, I know he did a good job there, but it's against his nature to kind of like self-promote, you know? Yeah, I mean, exactly. You have really, obviously, my one and two, Burrow Herbert, you have two polar opposite characters, mm-hmm. right? You have the flamboyant yeah. guy with the super swag, and then you've got Justin Herbert, who is just just chilling. You know what I mean? He's just chilling. Yeah. But um, Stoops, your quarterback, who you hate, give it to us. Quarterback that I hate is um, one that a lot of people love, uh, Jordan Love. I'm not a big fan of Jordan Love. I, I just wasn't impressed with what I saw this past year. So, and I've said this so many times because people tell me, go watch the 2018 film. Cool. So I go and watch that. <laughs> I just I just felt the same way. I, I just wasn't impressed with his throws. I mean, he did make throws. I will give him that. He made some really top-notch throws. But to me, overall, it just he seemed very relaxed on a, on a lot of the ones where he should really put some zip on the ball. Um, throwing the 16 interceptions, only 20 touchdowns. Did throw for over 3,400 yards, you know, and he had um, 173 rushing yards. So he's able to get it done on the ground when needed. But overall, I just, I left unimpressed. Um, yeah. All across the board, film, practices. I just, I just was not impressed with Jordan Love at all. He's, he's, he's my hate. And he, he could go to the right offense and he could prove me wrong and make me look dumb. And that's fine. You know, <laughs> no, I'll take I it. I was not impressed. And people ask all the time about him. I don't know how he got like answer. Like, I don't get how he got to, to be this high in the conversation. Like mm-hmm. what happened and why, if somebody could tell me point to the, the moment and the reason this is why Jordan love is 
three or four on people's boards. Yeah. Show me that moment. Show me why. I'll show you why. It's his name is Matt Miller. <laughs> Matt oh yeah. Miller, there's no bigger fan of. I think well, he why has. Why though? Like I don't. <laughs> Everybody talks about, oh, who's the next big thing? People think that, like, like, even Matt Miller said, I think that he should go above Herbert. I'm like, what are you Whoa. watching? Like, when, 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 did not, <laughs> there's no way that Matt Miller watched a Utah State <laughs> ever. I mean, well, like, when we asked him, like, why, it was just convenient that someone tapped him on the shoulder and was just like, oh, hey. And he's like, oh, I got to get this. Yeah. yeah. It was just convenient. We're down the ball. And I'm like, this is my one question. I'm going to find Matt Miller, and he's going to tell me why Jordan Love. I have his number. Do you want me to text him and just be like, hey. Yes. Why Jordan Love? I might. I might. I might. You might get a four-page story in response of why he loves. It's, it's crazy to me. I, I, I just I've, know. I've tried. I've tried to like him. You know what I mean? I've yeah. tried to. I didn't. Because from the start when people liked him, I was like, no. Exactly. <laughs> I don't like Utah State really either. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't get it either. Um, if there's one quarterback that you love in this class, who is it, Emily? I, oof, this is really hard because obviously I want to say, I'm going to say that I love, um, uh, I love Anthony Gordon. Oh, nice. <laughs> Yes, I know. <laughs> ovation. But and it's probably a little unfair because I'll tell right. you the story. So Anthony, obviously Pac-12 guy, um, he played at San Francisco City College. And if people are watching, I just tweeted out the story I did on this at the Senior Bowl. And Nick Rolovich, the Washington State coach, also played at San Francisco City College and played with Anthony Gordon's dad. Well, I don't think they were in the same year, but they were within years of each other at SF City College. People don't know, but San Francisco City College is like this hotbed of guys that transfer and go on and play college football at big schools. Like, for example, the kicker or the um, punter at Miami, the guy with all the tats, he yeah. went to San Francisco City College. People like don't know this, but um, Anthony Gordon's just that dude. He is that dude that you just want around. Um, he grinds it out. His numbers are impressive. There's nobody more comfortable in a pocket, in my opinion, than he is. Um, and his coach at San Francisco City College is my ex-boyfriend from high school. So he gave me like all of these things that were just good. And he was honest. He's like, these are things he's good at. These are things that he might need to work on and whatnot. But just a an incredible human being and, and a great quarterback. So I can't wait to see where he goes. I love Anthony Gordon. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I, I've talked about it. Stoops and I have talked about him. Um, for me, he's the guy. If he, I, 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 this is the one thing I want for Anthony Gordon. I think Anthony Gordon's better than Gardner Minshew. Period. End of story. Okay. It, it, it's when you saw him down the Senior Bowl practice week. I had a person there. He's a Jalen Hurts guy. I'm an Anthony Gordon guy. Gordon had a rough practice week, right? He did. He yeah. was he was sketchy. But then he goes out in the game. Like he's one of those guys. Yeah. It's like you watch him in practice. He's, like, uh, yeah. he's probably going to throw seven picks this weekend, and then he goes out there and throws seven touchdowns instead. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's a baller. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. is, he's like that backyard football guy that you want to pick at quarterback yeah. every single time. And I if he that. goes to the right spot, mm -hmm. like I ideally I'm like, if he goes to Tampa Bay and sit mm -hmm. behind, if he sits behind a talented yeah. guy, he goes to Indianapolis. Okay. Rivers, he's yeah. such like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And talking to him, like he picked up that he picked up Leach's offense really fast. Yeah. And He's Leach's not. offense is not easy. You know, you're throwing the ball 50, 60, 70 times a game, no matter what. Pirate code. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Stoops, who's your love, man? 
Yeah, my love is is Justin Herbert. Um, yeah. I I liked what I saw in film. I know he had the moments where you know people were criticizing his accuracy overall. Um, I liked enough what I saw from him. And then down in Mobile, right? That that. See, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Watching him on film, and this is my biggest point about him, it's so different than watching him in person. Did you not see the ability that you had to see the guy in person, see his presence, see his size, which is not yeah. represented on the screen at all? Yeah. Like, wasn't that a game changer for you? It was. And the biggest thing, and, and Ricky's the one that pointed it out to me. Mm -hmm. Ricky, I always point the wrong way. <laughs> um, <laughs> in the practices down in mobile right so whether his receivers caught the ball didn't catch the ball whether he threw a bad pass it didn't matter he's running 30 yards down the field to give him a high five yeah. give, give him the pep talk like that's yeah. what i love to see from a quarterback and i didn't see it from a lot of the other guys yeah here and there i saw gordon do it every once in a while but herbert did it every yeah. single time right of andrew luck in his mannerisms, yeah. like how he deals with people how he speaks and and a lot of that is very reminiscent of of how luck was at stanford with his guys so mm -hmm. all in that's just that is i'm so glad that you got to see the film and the in-person because so many people have only seen the film yeah. and they're like oh well you know they're not sold but when you see his presence it's like magnetic you know well, and whenever we saw him right he walks by and i mean being what six six you know yeah. i'm only five nine five yeah. ten i'm not not the tallest right and i'm over here just like <laughs> like just looking up at him it's great he's a big guy he's huge yeah he's big i had a guy on my podcast yesterday spencer nye he's a fullback from auburn and i was like hey that auburn oregon game huh like that was crazy did you think oregon was good and usually sec guys are like kind of dicks and they're like no mm -hmm. you know <laughs> of all the world which fair but he actually was like no our whole team offensive defense thought Oregon was really good on both sides of the ball and then I was like well, what do you think of Justin Herbert and he just looks he just said he's like he was a big dude like a big ass dude and I was like that is the perfect way to describe him like you're just taken aback by how big he is mm -hmm. yeah going into the senior bowl we were both very high on Herbert like Herbert would be my number one if it wasn't for Burrow right, right. like hands down like it's never been a wavering for me That's on whether good. Herbert was the best quarterback in this but seeing him down a mobile it was oh. like all right I need to all right Herbert you didn't have to go right he didn't have to go to mobile but he went to mobile and it was like okay and cool. I think it's because he knows he's better in person that is right. like the biggest thing I've been telling. Like you have to see him in person to really understand the breadth of what he brings to a team. And he, I think he's so smart. He knew that, you know, mm -hmm. like, yep. yeah, exactly. And then watching, and that's the thing. That was the week where I was like, watched him and mm -hmm. watch Jordan love, watch oh. Jalen hurts, watch all the Jordan rest of the Justin Herbert. Like that compared, like having to watch them back to back. That's painful. It, it was. It And like, he has a beautiful touch on his passes. Like mm -hmm. he is just. His hair is amazing. <laughs> he has really good hair. Come on. He does have gorgeous hair. That's very true. Like, he's like, nice. he's franchise looking QB. Like you take that. He, yeah. And you put that on a, on a tag and there's your. Like, LA. He'd be perfect for LA. Like if he goes to the Chargers. Yeah. I would love that. Except his personality is not super like he. Like Jared Goff going to LA in the sense that like, dude, Jared Goff grew up down the street from me. Like I know his grandparents, like he was not that kind of kid and he's managed to stay that way. And, but Herbert's even less than Goff. And so it'd be interesting to see him like. Yeah. You have, you have him either in LA 
or you have him basically in Miami. Obviously, oh, he would be a San Diego guy if San Diego still had a team. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, chilled, relaxed, got that cool vibe. Yeah, he goes surfing, like yeah. Exactly. You see him on surf ads every yeah. single week. You know what I mean? All right, come visit San Diego. Like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like for me, like it, he's head and shoulders above all the guys below. Right, three mm-hmm. through ten. I don't really buy as the only two franchise quarterbacks in my opinion in this draft are Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. And I'm, we need to have a chat about Joe Burrow. We need to have a conversation about that. All right. I'm listening. I'm not, it's not that I, I, I've seen it. I've been following him since he beat UCF. Like I've been at a lot of his games and I've seen him in person and I've dealt with him. I was at the Heisman. Like I've been around him a lot. This is the story I tell. He's obviously a very talented player. Okay. There's no denying that everybody. He's a great quarterback. My issue comes a little bit with his personality. So I was talking to his long snapper, who is also one of his good friends and a permanent team captain with him and Richard Lawrence. And he says, Joe Burrow is the guy when he walks into the team meetings, everybody sits up straighter. You know, he's that guy. He comes to work and he's a hard worker. Okay. And I believe that he wouldn't let the quarterbacks carry him off the field after his last practice, which is a tradition at LSU. Um, Coach O told me, he he was like, if you guys do that, I'm going to kick your ass. So he's obviously humble. He's a good guy, whatever. But this is what got me, okay? After the Natty, you know, they're all celebrating, whatever, and they come into the room that where we're going to do the press conference, and he's carrying a hat, right? He's holding on to it. It's not the national championship hat. It's a different hat. It's purple, I think. And he puts it on backwards. Like, he starts to put it on forwards, but he puts it on backwards. And he wears it throughout the press conference. And I was like, that's weird. Um, Because he doesn't wear a backwards hat all the time. But I don't know. It was weird. So I, like, followed him afterwards. And I wanted to see what was on this hat. Turns out it was the Big Dick Joe hat, okay? He had turned around and wore it then for the rest of the night. Because you saw pictures on Barstool. Everybody saw it. This kid, he knew exactly what he was doing. He had the hat. He didn't want the media to see it. He turned it around. But he wore it the whole night instead of wearing his national championship hat like the rest of his team. That, to me, was kind of weird. And I've never seen a player do that. Does that make sense? Like... (laughs) To me, okay, he is weird. He reminds me of a more tamed version of like a Baker Mayfield, right? You know, yeah. what I, mean? I think he's more team oriented than Baker Mayfield was. Do I think that his swagger sometimes does go a little bit over the top? It's yeah. A lot of confidence yeah. that he's gonna have to take a step back, or he's gonna have a target on his back on right. Sunday, right? You can't go into another team stadium wearing a big dick Joe hat and then not expect to get hit. Your first, like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. that first roughing the passer to be feeling very good, right? Right, threw the ball already. They're gonna, you know, oh, you were in the big dick Joe hat. Okay, cool. I think he's Baker Mayfield, but with more emotional control. Like, he, you don't see the veneer slip very often, except like nights when there's video of him at clubs, you know, do, dancing with like you see a little bit of it, and but you don't see it very often, but it's there. So my issue with him is that tiny little, okay, how, if he goes this really high draft, if he goes number one, how are they going to temper that kind of confidence, you know, and harness it? Well, going to the, uh, going to the AFC South is going to do that really, really fast (laughs) when you face Baltimore twice a year and Pittsburgh twice a year and even Cleveland, Cleveland's got a stout defense, you know what I mean? So it's, I I like Burrow. I planted my flag in Burrow after the Texas game. I, I, 
I fought with Stoops. I fought with people on Twitter talking about how I thought he they was came win at him. I mean, I my one because everybody was Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Hurt, Jalen Hurt. not behind your Burrow initially. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. weird. No, like, it, it was good. <laughs> yeah. The, what impressed me was he he made a lot of big time NFL throws, right? Mm-hmm. And he 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 showcased himself all year consistently with the pressure because after each win, it got more and more pressure. Are they for real? Are they not for real? Then the Alabama game yeah. came. He threw ninety thousand touchdowns. It was for real. Yeah. And it's I, I have a hard time with it because LSU is like the perfect team for he, sure. Every single piece is he's dealing with NFL caliber team, and where he's gonna go in the draft, he's not going to have that level coach, that level, you know, line, that level receivers. So we've never seen him really deal with adversity on the field. We've seen him deal with it when he had to transfer and all that stuff that happened. I don't think you can judge someone's ability based on the perfect season. You know, like, yes, he worked very hard to get there, but he also had everything go right. Do you know what I mean? He did, and that's the thing. Like the people talk, like I feel the same way about Tua, right? Tua had all world talent around him, right? Judy Smith and Ruggs are sitting there for your picking pleasure. Najee Harris with Waddle to not to you know just kind of hanging out in the background, right? Exactly. And Soup's not talking about it all the time. It's like Tua had all of these guys. That's probably why he had. I'm not a Tua guy. I will never be a Tua guy. And I'll tell you, I was what lost me with Tua is the Natty two years ago, right? And he threw that interception, and it was like he had never thrown one in his life. Like, kid lost it on the sideline after he threw that. And you could just see, I'm like, bro, if you're going to throw a tantrum every time you throw an INT, the NFL is not for you. Like, it's just not because you're going to throw a ton more when you get in there. So that to me was like, this kid is like spoiled in the sense football wise. He's been spoiled with all of these good things. And so emotionally, he has not developed the kind of grit that you need um, to survive at the next level. And that's my issue with Tua beyond the injuries that people talk about is he's like a, like a, he throws tantrums. Like they should have put Jalen in as soon as like, I would have put Jalen in. They would have won that game. I think. For sure. And that's the thing for me is like with Tua, it's like, you know, the immaturity, but like, Mm -hmm. I I like to remind people you're taking a guy with the top five top 10 pick mm-hmm. you're investing a lot of money mm-hmm. a lot of time and a lot of effort if you're taking them that high and i just don't see it like steve you love tua what no i don't <laughs> <laughs> people do though i don't like he's funny oh. one of the funniest kids i've talked to he can quote every migos lyric ever like i all hats off to him in those regards but that game against clemson i think was the most telling thing to me about who he is and how he handles things um, realistically. And we just didn't see it very much because Saban keeps all these things sheltered. Alabama is mm-hmm. a sheltered, you know, thing. And I'm just not, I, I think he's going to fall tomorrow and it's going to be, and we're going to see a little bit maybe of a tantrum. Ooh, I like it. And that's the thing. It's crazy to me. It's like, everybody's talking like right now, everybody's like, well, is it going to be Herbert or is it going to be Tua? I'm like, that's like, not a conversation. Exactly. <laughs> Like, why are we talking about this? I saw I saw a mock draft today where Herbert dropped a twenty three to the Patriots. I mean, but that's that like that's stupid, but that's good. Like, okay, great, <laughs> That'd be great for Herbert, right? You want to play for Belichick, right? But like, the thing about it is, is like, I don't know. I, I, I think just... that uh, Belichick looked at. If you're talking about quarterbacks, I was talking to my buddy, and um, Belichick came out 
to a workout. I, and I can't say where or with who, cause it's a, you know, off the record thing, but he did look um, hard at uh, James Morgan and was very interested in seeing his film um, particularly. So I thought that was interesting. And I know that's been written about, but um, this was early on and he asked about him and that's, that's kind of, a big deal if Belichick makes a trip out. Mm -hmm. He went out somewhere to watch a kid and, he, and then he specifically asked for the game, this kid's game against James Morgan because he wanted to see him in the film as well. So that was when Belichick likes a guy, he likes a guy, you know? Yeah. I don't, I, I don't buy the smoke and screen that, that the Patriots are going to draft a quarterback round one. I just don't, it doesn't make any sense. To yeah. Me. He, well, he could get Morgan like probably Third round. <laughs> like yeah, third or fourth. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Morgan's, so, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Stoops, what do you got? What Any? are we on? What are we on? Oh, yeah. we're done. We're, I, we're, we're good. We're we, good. We oh, okay. through it all, kind of, yeah. yeah well, I, I love Adam Troutman. Oh, yeah. I, it's here's I don't know I, mean, I don't know how you feel about the tight end landscape of things but I feel like mm -hmm. this class is it's nowhere close to what we were looking at last year right I don't think any tight ends are going to go first round but Adam Troutman and Hunter Bryant are two guys that I really really like Hunter Bryant I think is one that can be used in a different how do I because I mean he's not he's a six he's six two right so from a tight mm -hmm. end aspect he's not going to be your six five six six go up and and, and beat you guy he's going to be the athletic type of tight end. So Hunter Bryant's gonna have to be used a little bit different, but I like him a lot. And Adam Troutman are the two tight ends that I like a lot. So outside like of Kobe, that, do you like Colby Parkinson at all? I was going to ask you that. I was literally going to, cause I love, <laughs> I love Parkinson's at the beginning of the season, right? Yeah. Big dude. So tell me about yeah. Yeah, oh. exactly. Because because he was one that I, I think I had him when we did our initial tight end yeah. rankings. I think I had him at one. I think me too. Yeah. I yeah. think I did. And then I just yeah, they kind didn't, of. The problem is not him. It's David. Trump. Yeah. We don't even have enough time to go <laughs> on this tangent of just like David Shaw and what he's done to that program. But um, they didn't, you know, they didn't basically have a tight end at all. You know, like he threw to him. Mills threw to Parkinson, but not like a traditional tight end. And yeah. they, they really diminished his role and you couldn't see if you watched him, not this year, but last year. So if you went back and watched his 2018 films, a lot better. Really good. Big catches against um, UCLA, I think, uh, USC. He is a long guy. He can get really, really big. Um, and he is like the scariest, like um, gritty guy. Just almost like you think he's a fullback, how crazy he is. But he's a tight end. And I I'm, I'm excited to see him go somewhere. And... Like as like how Zach Ertz went, people didn't think he was going to be as big as he was. Even Levine Toilolo, who was a Stanford guy as well, nobody thought he was going to make it. But but they're smart guys, and they they get in where they fit in, you know. Mm -hmm. so. All right. So my last question for you is: it's about a guy that I really love going into next season. He's actually transferred, obviously, out of Stanford, but KJ Costello. Okay. All right. How do you think that he is going to adapt to Mike Leach's offense and? do you think that he can? Yeah, I think he's going to love it because I, one of the the biggest regrets of, of seeing him at Stanford and watching the struggle that was last year, the ridiculousness of taking him out and not playing him in the, in the USC game and letting a freshman play over him. Ridiculous. I don't care, you know, how healthy or not healthy he was, which he, he was fine to play, but 
um, it was wasted because KJ is the guy on the field that everybody follows. I mean, like literally would walk off a cliff for this kid because he is, he's that kind of leader and he gets fired up. He yells, he screams, he's, he's just that guy. And with the freedom in Leach's offense to kind of move around and, and throw, like have all these options. Right. But also to be able to choose what he wants to do with them. I fully believe Leach will trust him with that. Like we saw, you know, with Minshew and, and Gordon, that ability to make those decisions on the field. And that's where he shines. Uh, plus he's got a cannon. We just didn't get to see it. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a big Costello fan. I think that he's yeah. I think he's going to thrive as well. But talking to somebody that knows Costello, has seen Costello, and also seen a lot of Mike Leach out there too. So yes, it's so much all right. Fun. So Emily, where can we find your stuff? Where's your social media, et cetera, et cetera? Yes, absolutely. Well, my Twitter's been like scrolling on the bottom, which I love. Um, <laughs> I literally like yeah. <laughs> I need to figure out how to get that on any of my videos. But um, my Twitter's Emilnem, E-M-I-L-N-E-M. And a lot of stuff right now, I'm doing a lot of podcasts. So um, my podcast is Sideline Sass. Uh, you can find it literally anywhere, iTunes, Spotify, whatever. And I've been doing, I did a lot of draft guys. So I have three different ones. Um, a couple offense guys, a couple defense guys, and a whole fullbacks episode. Three fullbacks in this draft that I am very excited about making fullbacks great again. So. You must have watched Peyton's place. Peyton's I, place, where where the what happened to the fullbacks? No, they talked about Jerome. No, Bettis. I didn't. No, it's just funny. They they basically how the fullbacks used to be like a thing, right? Like yeah. the fullbacks, and now it's not. Well, so that's awesome. Oh, okay. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, but they they weren't for a while. No, they weren't. They, people and. It's, they were there, but like NFL teams weren't utilizing them. Yeah. And, um, they weren't calling them fullbacks. So they were like tight ends basically. But now we're seeing this resurgence of the position. Um, you know, I had Keith Smith on and he talked a lot about Atlanta and the Falcons and, and, and his position. And then I had Tory Carter from LSU who incredible fullback um, in that system. And then the guys that came on here, I've got an army guy who is incredible. And, and that's who Benjamin Albright when I had him on my show, he thinks this kid, Connor Slomka, is going to be a, a good fit for a fullback somewhere. And then I had the Auburn kid and um, this kid, Mikey Daniel. He's from South Dakota State, which hadn't hadn't really seen much of them. He was a fullback and he, he walked on the team his freshman year. He was like eighth on the depth chart. He became the seventh all-time rushing touchdown leader at the school yeah. by the end of his career. And he's turning from from running back into fullback because he thinks he's, it'll be a better chance um, for what he needs to do. Big short, short yardage guy. Whoever picks up this kid, Mikey Daniel, remember that name is going to, it's going to be, they're going to utilize the shit out of him. So. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.